Fall down. Huh? Fall down. Drop down. That's what came through the email. Drop down. Oh, we have an existential crisis. <laughs> drop down. Drop down. Rise up. So let's start. Drop down. So quite often, where are we at? Review the last 24 hours. Review the last hour. Where are you? Probably. I'm not accusing you of anything, but more than likely you're thinking about this, thinking about that, evaluating this, changing this, pushing that, pushing, putting this over here, sorting that out, running up and down this line, checking in, just like checking on your sleeping children. Everybody okay? Nothing wrong with this. It's we spend so much time pacing back and forth in our mind, pacing back and forth about this and about that. Constant. It's just, it's constant. So what's being re recommended or suggested is to uh, literally visualize that. Just drop down, just just for a moment, drop down right here. Drop down into your heart. Drop down into where this, you know what this is. We'd rather stay up here because we can kind of think about it. This might be might be too much emotion happening here. Or maybe not en enough enough emotion. So dropping down out of the thinking process, which we're constantly trying to figure, calculate, add up, subtract, divide, get some kind of advantage on what, on whatever it is we want, get ahead of what we don't want so we don't get uh, kidnapped by that. So drop down. This is not just something I thought up. It's a teaching that goes back. Uh, the Indian sage of the first part of the previous century, Ramana Maharshi uh, talked about uh, um, the heart, talked about saying this, the spiritual center in the body is here. He actually was very specific. He didn't say the, the, the blood pumping organ. He said, uh, as I recall, two inches to, to the right of center. That's the heart. I don't know, perhaps. But it seems like there's something about this area of our physical form that's uh, important. And if, you, if you've studied the chakras, you know there's uh, heart chakras in that area, lots of other chakras. And we don't want to, I don't want to necessarily get off into a discussion of chakras. And the other one I was talking about is uh, rise up. And that's a uh, rise up out of your gut level because the gut feeling may operate uh, to protect you. Uh, sometimes that's where you need to be. But quite often we're there when we don't really need to be there. We're there down in our gut because we're having gut reactions towards things, hope and fear, fear that this is going to happen, worry about that, worry about this. This doesn't worry. This worries and this frets. Just a point. Fretting, between fretting and uh, worrying. So if you could if you can use that, if you can use that kind of a dynamic to help you, I think it would be good. It would be helpful. We're not talking about abandoning the thought patterns or shutting down of our thoughts, just changing our relationship a little bit, even a slight adjustment, just a little adjustment, just a, as it has been said, just a tacit understanding, just tacit. Does anyone know what tacit means? You've heard of a tisket, a tacit? <laughs> Tacit understanding, just a touch. Did someone say that? Just, just to just touch something. And that tacit understanding is there's really not any solid being here. And you're, you're not. If you go up here, you're going to find all kinds of proof, uh, mostly uh, relative stuff going on, proving that there must be somebody. I'm thinking 
who said that? I think, therefore, I am. Somebody want to tell me who said that? Flower cart. <laughs> Descartes. So, uh, so you might be able to, to make uh, a little bit of an adjustment. When you find yourself fretting, when you find yourself um, being freaked out or paranoid or panicked about some particular thing, just move up a little bit. Or if you're, again, worried, spinning around, going this way and that way, and analyzing based on what? Partial evidence. All of our fretting is on partial evidence. There's no way you can know when you leave here what's going to happen. There's no way you can be sure. You, all of your planning can come to an immediate crescendo. Be a good name for a small foreign car. <laughs> and you know, it's difficult for uh, someone who is as I'm doing, as endeavoring to teach this awareness practice, it's difficult for me to to find a way in which I can encourage you, each one of you, because everyone has a different kind of uh, causes and conditions, different kind of uh, makeup, uh, genes, wiring, however you want to say it. So, But it seems to be so important to train our minds to see as clearly as we can, regardless of what direction you go. Whether you go deeply into Buddhism as a student of Buddhism, you received ordination or something, get really deeply into it, or whether you are more on the periphery of that, or whether you're just uh, tired of being crazy, tired of spinning, tired of not knowing what the hell is going on, I highly recommend that you train your mind. But I must also warn you that uh, it takes a while. It can't be done in a few years of meditating. It's probably not going to do it. I don't know that. You might have some really good, what do they say, good karma. It might only take you two years and three months. <clears throat> I happen to be a very slow learner. Still don't get it. So what, what am I doing sitting up here? It's something I do understand. And it's, you ready? Train your mind. Train your mind. Don't, don't spend any more time without setting some aside some time each day to sit down and watch how the, how the you're either up here in your mind or the consciousness or down here worrying, or we're up here fretting about something. Rarely do we just settle here. <clears throat> there are tantric practices where this is emphasized, where you actually actively, deliberately radiate out of the heart, but not without doing a whole lot of sitting practice also. One of the slogans in Atisha's Seven Points of Mind Training is a, uh, Change your attitude and relax as it is. And that would be a good one to use is change your attitude from here to this and just relax. Don't, you don't have to maintain anything. Maintenance of anything is uh, just a, a, a cover for ignorance. Is it Excuse possible to settle in your heart if you've not related to what's occurring in the mind and in your gut? I think that's the only way you're going to do it. Is you have to spend. It's not gonna. It's not gonna add up, so to speak. Not that I want you to add. But it's not gonna come together in in terms of a intuition that you need to you need to just be the here rather than up here because we we spent. You can see little tiny children who are way way up in their head about everything. It's quite humorous just to see a highly intellectual, conceptual, uh, logical ten year old. Have your work cut out before you're talking to them. So I think we need to we need to have experience in, in both of those areas. And there's other nuances in between there to actually 
just just if you come from here, then there, there's there's no warfare comes from here. Warfare comes from here and from here. No, this is not war. Yes. If we, you said to visualize dropping down into your heart, what would you visualize shifting into your heart? So if I say to do that, what do you visualize? What happens? First thought, best thought. Well, when you first said visualize, I imagine the whole body, and then I realized that didn't work. So okay. So I don't, I guess, physical sensation is what I... You could you could go for that. I mean, you could begin with that kind of thing. But if you once you, uh, what I'm referring to here, once you find it, you probably aren't going to leave it. As a practice, how would you recommend dropping our awareness or our attention to our heart? Just just notice the thought process and just take the energy that's in the thought process and bring it here. And the thought process may continue to spin for a little while. You mean when you say bring it here, I guess I'm trying to figure out how physically. I so physically, feel yeah. the sensation dropping. Yeah. Get a needle and stick yourself in the chest. <laughs> Find out where it's at. No, you can do this. You could do this. I'm not recommending it as some kind of protocol to go around beating your chest, but you could. Quite often, you uh, you, you see that's a that is a, a mudra. I don't know if anyone calls it a mudra, but you notice if someone is if someone is shocked or surprised or taken off guard by something. Quite often, we reach for our chest, we don't go. Oh yeah, occasionally we do. <laughs> Who's that person that goes <laughs> Have you seen that on television? <laughs> you guys don't watch much television? It's an advertisement for Netflix. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. No. <laughs> Please don't do that anymore. So you personally say we have you know a dozen people here. Maybe you might you might actually do that. You might actually feel this your body mind construct the way you look at your mind, the way you understand your mind and body, the degree to which those seem to be separated. Uh, you may have to do this. You may just think about the concept and and realize that you could kind of pull the plug on the thinking process every now and then, and just by doing that. Uh, consciousness changes, comes into neutral, so, so to speak. Rising out of the being down here and being fearful, that might be a harder one to work with. So it's just a concept that is to help you support your uh, change in attitude, uh, change your attitude and relax as it is. This is not something we, oh, I can do that once in a while. That's something that would need to be a practice. There's 59 slogans there of the teacher's seven points of mind training written back in whatever century, 11th century. Yes. Quite often when I'm caught in my own thought patterns or intense emotions, yes. um, I feel stuck in them. And yeah. then if I come and talk to you, there seems to be a softening usually. Is there a way to soften or to relax, change my attitude and relax as it is yeah. uh, on my own? Yeah. Probably what has to happen is to continue to go into the feeling rather than pull out of it. Because if you come and talk to me, you'll find that you, you're you just by talking to me, you're going to have to go into that feeling more. Does that make some sense to you? You're going to have to go into that and feel that. And quite often it sucks to do that. It's easier to just kind of back out. So when you come and talk to me, it's not because you're trying to get away. You're trying to find a way to go deeper into it. And so then I, I don't know what I say, but I, I just encourage you to keep going. 
how do yeah. I go deeper into it without the conceptual framework? I need to go deeper into this. Well, uh, do that once. I need to go deeper into that and then set that recipe aside and don't look at it anymore and just look at the feeling, whatever the feeling is, whatever the texture is. Because the tendency of the ego mind or self-centered mind or the warfare mind that wants to win, doesn't want to lose, that wants to be protected, that feels threatened, uh, is just loaded with uh, thoughts and ideas and concepts and opinions and so on. But the texture of that feeling, which is the, probably the most painful area of it, uh, can be seen through, through, if you're a meditator, this eventually starts to get stronger and stronger. The upside of meditation you get more and more and more aware of who you are and what this whole world is. The downside of it is because you're more and more aware, you see all the suffering and pain you've been hiding out from. You begin to actually see this world is suffering, starting with you. So you sit down and you, no one, uh, uh, at least students of mine that practice here, that live here, uh, go around bragging about how wonderful it is to meditate. You know, if they do, they, they, they're wrong. It's not wonderful. <laughs> it's difficult. It's challenging. It's it's uh, refreshing uh, to the the mind when you when you realize that this this could be this could be a way that, to work with the mind where I don't have to uh, take a bunch of drugs. I don't have to go and see uh, a psychiatrist. I don't have to I don't have to do anything. But I could I could actually and it's not everyone can do that. As to some people, this is not going to work. Are you you know not interested in selling anybody on anything. But if you're in this room, then you probably uh, want to hear what I have to say. And I'm saying train your mind, which means sit down and see how wild and crazy your mind is. Sometimes called a monkey mind. We sit down, hold still. We're, we look fine. We look, to, look at someone across the room. They're sitting very still and their mind is going, <laughs> climbing up in the trees, jumping out. Monkeys. And the only way you can really work with that is in terms of the mind, in terms of consciousness, in terms of phenomena that arises in this field that we call the mind, the consciousness, is to just watch it, just observe it. If you fiddle with it at all, because of the very nature of reality, not separate, the very, the very uh, confusion that you have mistaken for intelligence will go in and make things worse. It's like you've got a, a merry-go-round going around, and instead of slowing down or getting off from it, we tend to push it even more, thinking somehow if we just go fast enough, we'll, it'll all go away. Junchu? How does dropping down into the heart train the mind? Because then you begin to, over time, you begin to see the contrast between the thinking process and just uh, just feeling just your heart, not not feeling good, not feeling bad, not feeling successful, not feeling defeated. Uh, and not exactly feeling in the sense of of some kind of relative situation. This is a, the word in in, uh, in Sanskrit is bodhicitta. Bodhicitta, bodhi means awakened, and chitta means heart, awakened heart. So this is where it's going to happen. Physical center, somewhere in this region, somewhere in this area, there's uh, bodhicitta will begin to arise. And this is the bodhicitta is the the this is like seeing something on the horizon where there, there's a possibility you won't fight not loaded with all kinds of judgments and opinions and thought patterns and hopes and fears about should i or shouldn't i you won't question anything if you realize what this is you will won't make any more decisions about anything 
Not that you won't decide on whole wheat or rye. Of course you're going to do that. But you're, but, but issues that generally in the past may have taken you time to calculate and figure out what's the benefit, what should I, should I do this? Should I go this way? Should I go that way? The only time you would be doing that is if it just happened spontaneously, but to, to belabor that or to go in and drive yourself uh, crazy with trying to figure things out based on what partial evidence. There's no way you can have all the evidence, even fortune tellers, people who are psychics don't know everything. Question from Shane out in California. Shane. He asks, what is it about moving your awareness to the heart center that kind of prevents going to passion, aggression, and ignorance? I think it just derails the, the, the grasping quality of the mind, the grasping for safety, the grasping for success, the otherness, the other. And it, it just it's just a matter of just settling there. Just You just rest in that area. Excuse me. I think uh, down here or up here, we're, we're always panicking about something. We're missing something. We don't understand what we need to have some kind of uh, security. Uh, what is it? Ring? Have that mounted on our head. So if anybody comes in front of us, our lights go on and the video goes on. And You've seen those before? Well, you need to watch more TV. It's a, it's a, um, um, you know, it's a detector that's outside your house. And if anybody walks in front of it, the lights come on, and the video comes on, and, and you can on your cell phone you can see somebody trying to, you know, break into your house. So I'm just saying, you need, I need to have one of those mounted on your head. So funny. So again, what am I saying? Drop down, rise up. It's just a, just a way of talking about it. I'm, I basically say the same thing with just about every Dharma talk I give. I'm saying the same thing over and over again in different ways. Train your mind. Find out who this is. Find out who you are. Don't settle for anybody else's idea, including your own ideas, your own description of who you are. If you're describing yourself, this, this is, uh, this is uh, the nature of confusion. If you're describing who you are, uh, you, you hear it just all, I can say just a few words and I'll show you. Ready? Well, I'm the kind of person who likes to meditate. I'm the kind of person who hates meditation. I'm the kind of person, I'm the kind of person, well, you know, I'm the kind of person who, you know, as soon as you hear that preamble, I'm the kind of person, this is a person who has, uh, who has no idea, at least in that moment, who they are at all. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. If you said that two hours ago to someone, uh, take a closer look at that. See what that expression is. It's a, it's, a, it's a very sophisticated phrase filler. It, it actually fills up the very awareness where you could just be aware. But a weak ego mind does not want to allow any space or any damn thing. Because when there's space, we don't know what's happening. And maybe, what if we're sitting here? What if we're sitting on a box like this? And, and there's a lot of people looking at, at you and you don't know what to say next. Wouldn't that be embarrassing? Well, Shoka's going to find out soon. <laughs> Good. So I'm the kind of person. I'm just saying it's a phrase filler. It's a. It's 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 like the phrase filler. The one that I use is what is it? You know, or something like that. I use you know, and I use. Do I use use know I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, words that not to pick on anybody, but we have some some people very erudite, intelligent, brainy. PhDs with, you know, three or four PhDs. 
uh, still will say, and I'm just going to make it real obvious when I will say A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, one, two, three, right? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? You know what I'm saying? Is it right, right, right? There's that right in there. It doesn't mean it's not a, an indictment of them. It doesn't make them a bad guy, bad person, but, but it's just a, it's a little splinter of, of uh, where the awareness just shuts down. Disagree with me. Come and get me. Make a fool of me. No, I don't do that. <laughs> Change my mind. What is, when there's no evidence and we drop down to our heart, what is informing uh, what we do? So there, there's no, uh, there's a, uh, uh, there's no information in the sense of uh, uh, tit for tat. There's no information in the sense of uh, a contrast between a right thing and a wrong thing. So there's no, the, the way that is operating is without reference point. So I'm not saying that reference points don't, don't show up. Like you walk out the door and rain hits you, reference point. You walk out the door and it's very sunny, reference point. But it's very, very simple and it's very fast and it does not support itself because you're, you're that rain. I'm not being airy-fairy here or romantic. You're, you are that rain. You are that sun. You are that wall. You're this. You're this old man. You're that table. You're this. There isn't anything that you aren't fundamentally, but you won't see that if you've got scrambled eggs up up here and uh, what over easy down here. Yeah, you'll 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 always confuse form for information or for understanding. You'll con actually conform. You'll confuse form for wisdom. We keep looking for the form. This is quite often what happens in some religions where there's extent extreme grasping at beliefs at right and wrong. You've got to do it this way. It has to be this. You have to have. Sometimes it gets so extreme that people torture other people over their extreme beliefs. Yes, sir. Um, you often say, just see what's what comes up. And usually, if, if you're usually what comes up is exactly what you need to deal with in the moment. But if you drop to your heart. Is that a way to cover up what's coming up, or is that, or is there that initial step of awareness of the mind and then dropping into the heart? So dropping in the heart is just a way of talking about working with the awareness. There isn't much think, not too much thinking is going on in this area, but we project that there's thinking going on up here, and there probably is, and we project that there's intense uh, hope and fear happening down here. You know, especially the fear part. The fear tends to happen here rather than here. Uh, things that happen here are sadness, grief, surprise, kindness, love, all of those various things, they happen there. It seems, it seems there's some kind of location, just like you don't see out of your nostrils. At least most people don't. So there's a kind of a location for everything. And that seems to be a good, good location. Uh, even, uh, what is it, um, uh, Christian paintings are, uh, have, Christ showing a heart, or actual heart beating here in his chest. But there's also all kinds of images and, and tantric uh, imagery with the uh, heart radiating for the question. Didn't answer your question. It's okay. You can paraphrase it and try again. I'm just wondering if, again, if, if something comes up mm -hmm. and you drop it here and there's like that almost untouchable feeling. Yes. Is that covering it up or not? You know, where did the other Marker go? Make sure she's all right. Yes, I'm sorry, I was missing part of your question. I was just wondering if, if, again, if that's a way to cover an issue to deal with or not, because it seems to be easier when you drop down to deal with an issue. 
Yeah, I, yeah I, I see what you're saying. I don't, I don't think uh, there's a cover-up, although you might have some insight there that, that I'm not seeing. So I would say I would, I would trust your insight, not mine. But it's just a suggestion. Try this, and if you find it working some other way, you know, you're, I trust you. That, that's what the way I teach is to, I want you to be able to see this. I don't want you to tag around and obey me. Oh, for a little while, you probably should obey. <laughs> yes, sir. You have made a gesture of that tightness. Um, when that pain or tense intensity happens, where is that? Can it happen in different parts of your body? I don't think so. Is that like an instant dropping to the heart? Hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I'm trying to figure it out. So you're up here. Figure this out. I gotta got figure this out. Was that sculpture by Rodin where he's going like this? I think that's a, a Western mudra. You know, in the East they they're like so or like you know like whatever their mudras. And our mudra in the West is like you know, totally ignore the world and just try to figure. I think therefore I must be somebody. So. Not mocking them particularly. I'm just saying that it's a different way of uh, approaching uh, things. Right, uh, right side of the brain, left side of the brain. Yes. Um, Jess from um, Grand Rapids. She asks, um, "Is it possible to get stuck in our hearts like we can get stuck in our minds?" It's a good question. I think uh, that there's there's maybe some possibility uh, of that, but not if there's a strong sitting practice. Uh, the way it looks here, I think if there's a strong awareness practice where you're spending an hour, two hours a day, that's not much out of 24 hours, not much at all. And I, 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 the way I teach, I don't even care if you snooze, just don't fall over. Just sit and hold still and, and just watch, just stretch that awareness. Just watch what's coming this way and going that way and coming this way and going that way. And I don't think, uh, just, I don't think, uh, I, th I think it's unlikely. I would have to probably have to talk to, to her personally. Um, about that, see how that was showing up, but I don't think so. Other questions? Have some time. Or questions about anything for that matter? It doesn't have to be this. Yes, sir. Um, you guys have uh, taught us at AFR the uh, proper way to hold your hand. Yes. Is, uh, the right hand underneath and the yeah, yeah. Hand on top. Uh -huh. But who is the direct opposite? Yeah, he's wrong. <laughs> so it's just a matter of you know uh there, there's also holding the the fingers like so and and there's and there's just so many different ways to so there's no symbolic well, well there always is and and i'm sure there are people that would come along and say oh you shouldn't be doing that you should be doing this or uh, this is another uh, mudra called resting the mind very simple just ordinary the reason I recommend this, and I've done both kinds extensively, probably this one more than any. This is the one I did for decades, resting the mind. But I think this is, uh, having looked at it for a long time, I think this is a little more helpful because it's so, and left over right, we just uh, put uh, left over right just because to have some uniformity. Uh, but uh, so the right and wrong is kind of beside the point. It's more like, well, um, uh, you're sitting, holding still, and it's very symmetrical. So mind follows body, body follows mind. So we try to get, we can control the body to some extent. We can't control our mind, but we tr try to get our, our body in a very symmetrical shape. Also, to go a little further with uh, your question, 
Uh, symbolically, the right hand is the one that reaches out into the world. It's the primary, generally speaking. So the left goes over the top of that to, you could say, subdue that. Whereas in Buddha, the Buddha, uh, he actually moved out into the world as the Buddha, or as the Tathagata, or the Enlightened One, or the Charioteer, or whatever you want to say. So his right hand would be on top. Yeah, just more symbols, who knows. Um, a few minutes ago, you're talking about uh, uh, grasping, um, but, but the phrase you ended with was, you just rest in that area. Um, and, and I'm thinking it was the hard area. Is that is that a kind of maintenance? Well, insofar as anything is maintenance, sitting down and holding still and practicing meditation is a kind of maintenance. But it's uh, you, you know you need to actually put some effort into holding still. If you don't put some effort, next thing you know you're like, at least that's what I would do. So you have to hold yourself. So it's a little bit. It's like uh, halfway measures. So a little bit of strength. Hold hold your back straight. You can notice, uh, uh, you can, if you watch your awareness, if you, especially if you've done this for a while, if you just, you watch your mind and you just slouch down like this, you can feel your mind kind of doing the same kind of thing. It's like uh, uh, a bed that's not made very neatly with wrinkles in it. It's like, it's all right, but it's, whereas, you know, this is why in the military, there's so much emphasis on form because they're, they've got, they're trying, they have a big task to accomplish. Right or wrong is, in this case, is somewhat beside the point. They have a big task to accomplish, so they have to find some way to control everything. So they have a really intense form, and you better follow it. You you, you better do it. If you don't, you you're be held to pay. Right? <laughs> Having spent a few years in the Marine Corps, I found out what really intense form is about. Actually, helped me to understand more what the militaristic aspect of Zen is about. It's a little bit too much there. The Japanese people want to do that. I'm not against that, of course. They have a strong uh, uh, code, uh, Bushido, and also the uh, just their way of working with uh, forms and structures is, uh, is different. Not better, not worse, just uh, enculturated uh, over the centuries, uh, whereas we're working with it a little bit differently. It's not about right and wrong. It's just about, well, they're, we're doing this, they're doing that. We're doing a, a little bit different form of this. Uh, situation. So it's not about obeying, it's about seeing instead of where if you're training 18 year olds, you don't want them asking about the form of quiet, just do it. Just do what you're told. And so that's the way that works. Whereas here, it isn't quite that way. We need to have you first do what you're told to do and then come back and then you could come back and say, well, this form is, uh, I've been working with this for a while and I'm seeing where this form possibly might work better this other way. I'm I'm interested in hearing about that. I may not modify anything, but I'm interested in hearing about it. So it's about, it's more of a cooperative kind of thing rather than something we're just laying it on top of people. Like I wouldn't go around and say, are you in your heart? Are you in your heart? Better get in there. You know, too much dick. Get in the heart. Get out of your head. <laughs> Crack the head wide open. Of course, that's just for show. I've not hit hardly any people with that. <laughs> yes. So for the one who has realized, um, do they live in their heart? Not particularly. They don't have to live anywhere. 
that's a practice. One who's realized isn't isn't doesn't belong to anybody. Isn't any separate thing. There may be a body mind uh, functioning out of the past karma that brought it in the room in the first place, but there's no solid uh, focusing on anything. And why? Not separate. There's still a body. There's still brushing your teeth. There's still combing your hair. But there's no there's no solid agenda. The, the, the teaching person would, the, the students or the people who are interested in understanding this would bring that agenda because it would be mutual. As has been said, Suzuki Roshi said it better than I've ever heard anyone say it. When one of his young students, and he was in his late 60s before he passed back in the 60s, one of his students said to him, he was kind of looking at him and thinking about Roshi's teachings and said, so uh, looking at him and then thinking of himself, and he was probably a young fellow, said, what, so what, what makes us different? And uh, Suzuki Roshi said, I have students and you don't. I think that's just hilarious. <laughs> Further questions? Didn't you? The idea of dropping into your heart or operating out of your heart sounds, can be a bit romantic. Or yeah. Having this feeling of love towards everyone. Yeah. Um, but we were talking earlier and you were suggesting something that sounded similar to operating out of yeah. heart. And I said it sounded scary. Yeah. How might operating out of the heart appear scary? You tell us. It's because you can feel it if you go there and say, "What if I? What if I didn't really think about anything anymore? What if I didn't uh, didn't concern myself too much with uh, uh, guts wrenching this way or that way? What if I didn't just focus on that or focus on this or focus on that or focus on this? What if I was just in the heart? You know, you may you saw. I mean, the, I don't know what our conversation was. It was in a private interview, so we were talking about situations that have come up, talking about together and the way you were expressing yourself and then the way I expressed myself, you said, that sounds scary. And I think I probably said, good. That means you understand what I just said. Because if it, if it sounds romantic, then you're missing the point. It's scary because coming from here, this is very threatening to ego because ego can't argue with this. Because it can be very intense and frightening. Yeah. Um, is going into the heart um, a practice that we can just like touch on a little at a time if we need to back off of it? Of course, so it'd be, it's totally up to you. That's why you don't hear, you don't see this uh, form here, although some Zendos, some Zen monasteries, Soto Rinzai, uh, have a scheduled a walking meditation. You'll, you've noticed, I'm sure everybody in here has noticed that that's not scheduled. A little bit, on one, one day a month, one afternoon a month, we do some walking meditation together. And that's slowly over the years has just dropped off. I just don't think it's a good idea to tell someone when they should get up off their cushion and meditate. It's just what you're doing is you're asking someone or suggesting they meditate and train their mind. Then you're going to interfere with them. Then you can say, time to get up and walk. Mm, I did that for 30 years. It took, as I'm a slow learner, uh, before I saw, that's probably extra to do that. <coughs> So you would you would meditate you would meditate and you may never do walking meditation, or you may get up and instead of doing walking meditation, you might go and get some tea or some coffee or go to the bathroom or go out and look out the kitchen window for a while. In other words, it would be a natural thing. It would be a natural thing along with this really strict and strong form of this zendo or this monastery. 
you'd also have an area where you're you're kind of on your own. You would get up. Some people uh, talk who function as the doan. If you're the doan, you're supposed to stay in that seat for whatever your period is, two and a half hours, two hours, whatever it may be. And if you're there, the doan, and it's a, a Tuesday afternoon, and you're, you go in and you sit, and four or five people come in and sit, and then suddenly everybody leaves, but you're still there. You're still sitting. Everybody's left. And then you get to watch how you feel about that. <laughs> Shouldn't they be in here sitting? Shouldn't they? Why do they get to leave? You know, it's just all kinds of stories. And it takes some practice to just allow people things to happen. Just, just whatever happens, it's just what's happening. It's, there's no story. There's nothing extra. This doesn't mean that. Someone getting up and walking out doesn't mean anything. It's really none of your business. Your business is to sit as the doan, to sit in here and be the timekeeper and make sure that when it's time, you strike that gong. And to sit and face out away from the wall, looking out and taking the whole zendo. Other people, are their awareness practice is just about on the wall. Your practice is about everybody. So it works very well that way. Same thing with the doshi, the person who sits up here. Yes. Um, in terms of the change your attitude and relax as it is, yes. it seems that in the midst of intense emotions that to recite that to myself isn't all that helpful. Is there... Um, I could yell at you. Which you have. Which I have. How'd that work? Well, that seems to be different from... Your instruction to just so what, what's the question? I'm, what, what is your question? I guess it's how do we dislodge ourselves from that intensity that just wants to lock down? Yeah, you, 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 with the awareness practice that's developing over time from sitting, when that comes up, you bring your awareness to the way in which you are lodged. You just you look like I say. Some people say. Uh, you just have to let go. You won't hear me say that. I'm always bragging about how I never say that. What I say is, you know, don't let go. Look at how you hang on. Bring your awareness to the way that particular grip that you have. And you were just using fingers and a, a hand and a thumb. But, but there's an interior image of the way in which you're hanging on to anything in your life. Hanging on to yourself, your idea, your reputation, your family, your... Uh, security, your ideas, your opinions. Look at the way in which you hang on to those. And I, and I can't go beyond that other than to say, if you bring your awareness to it, you'll begin to get a very personal understanding that you could say that there is a, the metaphor would be the way these fingers are around here. But it, it wouldn't be fingers. They would be something about your psychology or your mental uh, structure, the way you grasp onto things, the way you cling to certain things and reject other things. Rejecting is a form of clinging. As soon as you cling, you cling. That's obvious, but it's more difficult to see the one where you're pushing something away, and that's a way of clinging to it. In other words, you're, you're sold on it because you want to get rid of it. So you're uh, at the mercy of that. And then the even more subtle one, of course, is ignorance. I don't see any problem. Everything's fine. Yeah, no. What? It's it's like that. Have you you probably noticed it your, with yourself, or 
with others that there is a real uh, and people who are doing practicing sitting meditation have much more difficulty shutting down and everything and that's why the path of uh, awareness practice is difficult uh, and i would say don't do it unless you have to i'm not here to particularly sell you on it if you're here then listen and then when you leave forget everything i said go do something else play high ally does everybody know what high ally is You've seen that they have a thing that has a big net on it like that, big scoop, and you catch it. And because it has a big scoop on it, you're able to really propel it through the air at like 120 miles an hour. <coughs> I'm just making that number up. <laughs> so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, go, go do something else. Do uh, find some other practice to do. Or, you know, do whatever you need to do with your life. You have. We don't know how we got here. We don't know if we're ever going to come back. Uh, we may feel like we got a raw deal or we weren't born into uh, uh, a wealthy family or have some kind of situation that's not working for us or bad luck, however you want to call it. But here we are. Since you're here, uh, if I have your ear for a couple of minutes, train your, train your mind. Find out who you are. If, if Buddhism helps you, use Buddhism. If that doesn't, then do, do something else. But if you sit down and hold still and do it every day for an hour or more, and don't do don't add anything, don't subtract anything. I don't think you particularly have to read anything, although it's going to probably take longer if you're not working with your intellect at the same time, because we tend to uh, turn into a mango. You like mangoes? What? When we go to our uh... If we use the alternate sensory awareness practice yes. you mentioned the other day, does that, how does that drop us into our heart? It may or may not. I'm just saying that alternate, it's just a way of uh, working with what's actually here, how this feels, that's here, how this looks, that's here, and, and what we refer to as the present moment, how things smell, how our saliva tastes, and any thought that's coming, if you're treating everything fairly pretty much the same then even thoughts arising are they're also here too we're just thoughts are arising colors are arising in our sense fields and so to alternate asap alternating sense awareness practice so asap just invented that for to help rem uh, remember it so you're just alternating between sense of touch and sense of color or sense of seeing uh, or sense of sound if there are sounds outside the building or birds or whatever just going back and forth, what's happening when you do that, then the thinking process, which is quite invasive sometimes and won't give you a moment's peace because you're all, we're always kind of thinking and thinking and thinking, at least it's still allowed to come in, but it has to make room. It has to share the toys. You know, it has to, uh, it has to be with the other sense fields that you're including. You're not just uh, dealing with the bully in the mind. You're actually bringing in a, as a practice, uh, you could say, albeit artificial, sense of equanimity among the sense fields. So you give them uh, equal time, just a way of doing that. Dropping into the heart uh, might be a different kind of practice. That might be something where you're working with an emotional level, you're working with uh, just a different way of working. Not that you couldn't maybe combine that in some way. Yes. Uh, Karen from New Zealand has a question. Yes, Karen. She says, uh, earlier you spoke of leaving or stepping back if the fire is too hot. When is leaving rejected? 
when you go too far, when you actually escape and want to get out of there and want to change your name, change your address, and move to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. No, it's it's uh, I, it's just a good question, but it's I think it's different with everyone. Some people need to need to, have to actually get some kind of a breather. I don't know if I call it a break, but need to get have some kind of a. That's why uh, in the walking meditation practice, uh, come and sit down and sit. And if you can sit there for two and a half hours in the afternoon or two hours in the morning, two hours at night, do it. But if you, you're sitting and you, at some point, you need to get up and leave that and go and take a nap, it's still awareness practice. This is what is often missed in other teaching methods. They're thinking that that's somehow different, but it is not. It's always awareness. If you're a student of awareness practice, if you're a meditator, then you're always working on that on some level, even if it's going up. And it's a lot easier to work with the awareness if you're if you're not feeling guilty. You're adding on some kind of a, I must be doing something wrong. Or that's why I don't, even the people who are here, like the Eno, whoever happens to be the Eno, uh, I don't, um, I encourage them not to, maybe they do anyway, not to correct anyone. Don't, don't function as a, a parent, a parental kind of a corrector who stops people from functioning. But but that can be your awareness practice when you're sitting there as the, the doan, the timekeeper, and everybody leaves. And just notice what happens with your mind when they leave. So I think in, in the case of what uh, Karen's asking about, I, I think I think you'll know. Just by the way you ask the question, you'll know that there's a there's an area where that's you know that's start, I'm starting to get into escape mode here, and you know I need to come back. Like it said, uh, the Tibetan tradition says uh, with the guru or the teacher, you get too far away, you don't get enough heat. You get too close, you get burned. So that seems to function differently with different people. I was so terrified of my teachers, especially the first one, Trungpa Rinpoche, that I. I um, was a chicken. Did you regret that for some time? Uh, I've I've had thoughts about, but there's no way it could have been any other way. I'm just a coward, you know. I, there's no there's no way I could. I mean, I couldn't have gone back. I mean, I knew it at the time. I knew it at the time, and I I need I probably should go and see him, but I thought I can't. I'm too too frightened of him seeing who I am and judging me. It's very scary for me. And I was in my 30s, mainly when that was happening. So yeah, I just, we just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I thought about it, but then I would come up with reasons why I didn't, I couldn't do that. I was always very happy if there was, he was there and there was a lot of people around. Then I wouldn't have to deal with him. I can tell a quick story. Uh, when he's uh, we're on State Street and it's in the mid '70s, and uh, Roger, a fellow who was a member of the Dharmadatta in Chicago, then Roger Dodds was standing looking down, and it's from second floor, looking down on the traffic going by, and and Rinpoche, Trunk Rinpoche, was had been in another room, and uh, and there was there was probably 50, 60, 70, maybe 100 people there, all different places, and it was in between his talk and having dinner and stuff like that, and I'm standing there and. Uh, and Roger Dodd's there, and I'm looking down the traffic, and Rinpoche appears right between both of us. And of course, uh, I'm 
hoping he doesn't talk to me. <laughs> so I'd make a fool of myself. But he uh, was looking down and saw Roger Dodge. You'd have to know Roger. He has a PhD in philosophy. He says, so I'm kind of imitating Roger. And Roger, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, but if you happen to be, I, I love you. And, but I'm about to uh, portray Roger. So, Rinpoche, what do you think of Chicago? And there's a big pause in Rinpoche. He didn't even look at him. He just kept looking. He says, doesn't make any difference what I think of Chicago. <laughs> and never looked at him or me. And then <laughs> Roger just kind of didn't say anymore. <laughs> so anyway, it was a powerful teaching situation. I was envious of Roger because at least he said something to him. <laughs> I didn't have the courage that Roger did. Are we good? Okay, thank you so much. And I'd like to remind everybody we do have donation boxes in the hallway. Your financial support is greatly appreciated. Please help us as much as you can. May the merit of this to all places so that we in every sentient being together.